and gentlemen, this is your cruise director, Tyler. Hope you're out there enjoying another beautiful day on board as we sail these high seas. If you've ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes of a cruise, it's time for you to pull up a stool, grab a drink, and buckle in, because you're about to hear stories that no other guests have heard before. Welcome to the crew bar in an episode of Ship Faced, confessions of a drunken cruise director and friends. Let's sail away. Welcome, Edie, to Ship Face Confessions of a Drunken Cruise Director. I'm so excited to have you here uh, on this show. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's exciting to be here. Yes. Um, we have got a lot to unpack and talk about with you. You are an entertainer d- delight. You have done a lot when it comes to ship life and fabulous Las Vegas performances. Um, quickly get me to when you were young, you're like, I want to be a drag queen cruise director. No, (laughs) I mean, no, no. When I was young, I wanted to just be a Broadway dancer. Um, like from eight years old, I started dancing and stuff, but it's funny how your, your career changes and there's so many left turns and I have had a lot of left turns. And so uh, being cruise director is definitely a left turn. Uh, being a, a drag performer is a huge left turn. Yes. Um, even when I got, I was 17 and I was ballet napped. I say ballet napped because I didn't want to be in the ballet, but the ballet, ballet napped me and um, offered me money. And I was like, oh, okay. So that was a left turn. But all of these left turns are magic. And I felt like they are part of trajectory of where I was supposed to go. I just didn't know it. Right. So, there were there uh, left turns that I didn't know, but were uh, very welcome, and I'm really happy they happened. Right. Were you a city boy, country boy? Where'd you grow up, and how did you land where you are? I grew up um, in Portland, Oregon. Okay. I was a poor boy, and um, I Oregon, Oregon. Well, Oregon, yeah, <laughs> Oregon, Portland, Oregon, and um, yeah, my family was very poor, but worked very hard and tried to, you know, it's it's that typical story of you know your parents wanted to your kids to have a better life because. What man in Oregon puts their three kids, two of them boys, into dance classes? Yeah. You know, my dad is very tough, very, very tough, very passionate about um, life, trees, plants, animals, and his family. Um, but he had this really strange thing deep inside of him that he wanted to dance. And he tried to dance when he was like 16, but he went to the wrong class. And he's like, they made us run around like butterflies. And, um, and he just wanted to learn and not flutter around. So, um, that, yeah. Anyway, so that's really, really cool. Right. And he got to, that's really cool that he got to put his kids in and watch yeah. him flourish in that. And it made me nuts. I was absolutely nuts about dance. Yeah. So you started as a dancer then. And did you, did you take that direct to Vegas for performing or did you tour in no. some theater? Well, and- I was in the ballet profession for 11 years with five different companies across wow. the country. Okay. And then I decided to leave the ballet and pursue my dream of Broadway. And I tapped for a tap company. And this is where my first cruise experience comes in. Okay. Um, I tapped for a tap company in New York City. And I did a billion gigs, like just every kind of gig you can imagine. And, um, and then I, di- I got a Broadway show. And then uh, Cirque du Soleil called. And- right on. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it all like that. That's like the nutshell of it all. Um, Cirque du Soleil called and I've been here now for 14 years. I was amazing. Zumanity. Yes. The dirty Cirque. 
Dirty Turkey. I like that. I've never heard that. That's funny. <laughs> that was a fun show. And yeah. I believe I got to see you perform. Now, you are a, a unique ballet uh, dancer, tapper, drag queen because of your height. You are how tall? Yeah. I'm 6'3 naked. <laughs> Don't visualize. Link, where's the link? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it to our guests after. Um, I'll give you the link. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, being that tall, what challenges did that throw into your dancing career and moving into the, the beautiful oh. role that you played for that show? It was, there was no challenges. I mean, the challenges are physical that, you know, the strength, your core and stuff that that's the hard part, getting jobs that made it easy. Right people need, they need the tall dancers tall male dancers for the females to partner. Right. And so for me to get jobs was very, very simple. And, you know, there's also less male ballet dancers than there are female ballet dancers. Right. Always. Now tell me again about your first cruise. Okay. So when I got my job with um, the tap company right away, she says, Oh, and I have this ongoing contract with Canard. So we will be doing concerts around the New York, Connecticut, Jersey, um, Massachusetts, that whole area. And, um, but also we're going to be, uh, going off to do some cruises. So I went on as a ship entertainer. You know what? I'm a liar. This is not my first job. My first job. I can't believe I've totally blanked this out of my head. <laughs> it's so traumatic. Give um, me all the drama and all the drama. My first job was when I was in the ballet in Chicago, I was injured. My shoulder got injured really bad. Where I could, I was, anyway, so I was really, really depressed and really sad. And it's freezing cold in um, Chicago. My sister says, why don't you just go do a cruise ship or something? Just go stay busy. And I'm like, ew, I would never do a cruise ship. Like that's for people on their way up or on their way out. <laughs> and I was being Both a little, true. I was, I know I was being a little snobby and stuff. <laughs> And then my partner was like, you really shouldn't stay here. It is depressing. It's hard. You're, you're injured. You're, you know, you're a wounded animal. You're angry. So just one day in that, I called the number and it turns out that this lady's like, you know, send your resume. And so I did. And she goes, okay, I don't even need to audition you with that resume. I just need you now. Wow. Can you be here on Saturday? And I was like, oh my God. So, um, I did it. And I flew down to sunny Florida and I, they put me in the show very, very fast. And I did that for six months. You know, it's incredible. You know, the, the cruise things are really incredible, like the sunshine and the water and the ocean and the this and that, all of that's incredible. And I, it, I became very addicted, but to be a ship dancer, I mean, we were treated terribly, you know, now really? it's much, much better. Oh, now it's much, much better. Okay. Now it's, they don't have to do all the extra duties. They don't have to do you know, all of that stuff, but we had to do all of it. We like? had to do people. We had to do bingo. We had to do it's so many things and the shows. Um, and then, you know, the officers treated you like garbage, you know, it was like, I got pushed off a stool, like, boom, like slammed to the floor in the crew bar or in, public in the bar. crew bar. Yes. He's like, that's Sven's chair. And I'm like, Sven passed out 10 hours ago. What are you talking about? Sven's on the ground is his Sven's chair. on the ground. He's probably like fish bait off the boat right now. <laughs> and so some officer bumped you off of a chair. No, like, like two hands. All I was doing was ordering a drink and he was asleep passed out like this. Like, oh my gosh. His face down in his arm. And then as soon as he kind of wakes up and sees me, he goes, that's Sven's chair. And he knocks me off. I go flying. He didn't know that Sven left like a long time ago. <laughs> it was a lot of weird 
Yeah. And I, after I left that contract, I, I said, I will never do that again. Right. Right. It's funny. I've had, I've interviewed another, um, like entertainers, singers, dancers and stuff. And it really varies at this point, ship to ship, um, fleet to fleet, what, what duties and responsibilities they will have, uh, as well as just performing. And some of them, none, it's an absolute cakewalk yeah. and others are, are performing seven, eight shows a week. Like they're on a Broadway show, some of them two or three, and some of them have muster stations and other duties and stuff. So on this first contract, you were treated like entertainment staff, like hosting staff. It sounds like too. We were a ship crew, you know, right. And there wasn't enough crew quarters or enough for the entertainers. So some of the entertainers, most of the entertainers were up on the, you know, in the decent cabins. Mm -hmm. I was way down at the bottom of the ship where the ship goes like this, like the V part. Yeah. Um, it was bad because, because I was the last one hired. So I got the worst room, but now, but all these years later, cause this was 1992. Wow. All the, shut up. You don't have to say it. <laughs> like, <Earth is> cool. <laughs> Islands formed. Um, yeah. I'll never do that again. But then now that I'm traveling a lot and doing a lot of cruises and stuff, and I meet all of the dancers and, I, and I just see now how it's changed so much. And right. It's so much better. I mean, if I was looking for a job now, you know, I would definitely audition. I'm too old to be a ship dancer now, but I would definitely, cause it's totally different. And it's, yeah. yeah. And the productions now are huge. And, yes. and, and they're like Cirque du Soleil ish, ish shows. Yeah. There's, there's a much different quality and vibe to it for sure. So yeah. I, my notes of encouragement always for, for the younger versions you want to see the world you want to get paid you want to have some fun get out and on the exactly ship. and that's the part of it i said that was so magical you know the sunshine yeah. the just the traveling yeah. all of that is so incredible now you had a partner you said when you went out for your first contract i did i have so a you, different partner now okay <laughs> but yeah in a relationship out on your first contract how'd that go well to this day you know like i've been with my partner now for 24 years and um it's I think that those breaks are really important. I don't think they have to be six months and I haven't done six months since then. Right. But I think it's, you know, I have gone out for a month or I've gone out for, you know, two weeks or five weeks and I think it's really healthy. I, I think it really helps just go out into the world, take a breather, come back. You appreciate the moments more. Yeah. So let's fast forward then. So that was the traumatic contract into yeah. uh, more of the move to Vegas and uh, the step. No, no, no. <laughs> we got a lot to cover between it. Yeah. <laughs> fill me in, fill in those blanks. Okay. So then um, I was living in Chicago and I was like, I'm, I'm going to go to New York city and uh, pursue my dream of Broadway and all this stuff. And that, and when I joined the tap company, that's when she said to us, Oh, I have an ongoing contract with, and I'm like, Oh crap. But what she meant was that we had, uh, we were now the specialty entertainment. Yes. So we got treated decently and we didn't have to do all of that stuff. But I will say this. We flew to India. We came across to Africa on one of these contracts. And I was on when it smashed into the coral reef off Egypt. Oh, wow. And you were stranded. We were stranded for three days. We smashed into a coral reef on formal night. Like we were all slammed to the ground. And as the water was pouring in and the ship was like tilting and stuff, um, all the power went out because it ripped uh, the coral reef ripped a hole in the water room because the uh, Norwegian officer at charge was drunk. Whoa. It was it was like Norwegian Day, you know, when they're all going scold, scold, scold. Yes. Yeah. So celebrations in full yeah. effect, and so I was on that ship. Wow, that's, that's like a legitimate like Titanic experience, like full the, on. And 
to be honest, I could not speak about it for about a decade because I just would cry because kind of all those emotions come back of people screaming and freaking out and we're running for our life jackets and the ship lights go out as it's tilting like a V8 commercial. It was really dramatic. Wow. Really scary. And the Uh, sound of a ship that size hitting coral like that had to be crashing into a coral reef. It was unbelievable that the, the metal, that metal ripping sound. And uh, is that it was that moment also that I realized in traumatic situations like that, there's people that help. And then there's like right away, like, who are you to do in your core? Do you grab, do you help? Or do you scream, freak out and you're selfish? And to witness that for the very first time, who freaks out and becomes super selfish and who is who jumps into help is right. remarkable to me. And I mean, it blew my mind and it took a long time to process, but now in any sort of a situation like that or something just a little scary, you know, it's something that I observe and I, I'm glad that I found out that I really just have to help. And that's got to be guests and crew alike, right? To, oh yeah, it's everybody. It's yeah. that's an individual response. Everyone is different. It doesn't matter your position, your job. It's such a rarity to find somebody who's actually had such a crash like that. And so three days stranded. Five star ship. Wow. I'm sorry, but did people die during this event? I don't think so. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't remember. Okay. But obviously there were probably injuries sustained and everything. Oh, for sure. I, the first thing I saw, because we were sitting, um, we were sitting watching this show and because it's a world cruise, a five-star ship world cruise, it's a lot of different entertainment. So that's why they flew us out. We were on the ship doing a, a weekend of shows or a week or I forget. But anyway, so we were there and, um, it was the ship chorus, which was the, uh, the passengers chorus. And we were like, Oh. Okay, well, we'll go watch it. And so we went to watch it. We were only like 10 minutes into the show. Like it just started. And when we hit that coral reef, um, we were all propelled out of our seats forward. And while this is happening, I'm looking at the chorus, these ladies in gowns, you know, and these are older ladies, you know, and they were just flipped up into the air and onto their backs while we're flying forward over our tables. And as soon as I kind of got up, there was an elderly man in front of me who he's looking up and he had blood all down his face. And I was just like, Oh, Oh my gosh. And at that moment you heard over the intercom, you know, like emergency crew to your emergency stations, lifeboat crew to your lifeboat station, go diver deck. It was, it was just insane. And we had got on that day at like 10 AM or something. And the first thing they asked us to do was lifeboat. My boss was like, we're the guest entertainment. We don't do this. You know, we've never been asked to do this before. And they says, I know, but we are understaffed. We just need a couple spots that have to be manned. If, if a couple of you guys just don't mind doing it. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Cause I work for cruises. So I had to run to the top deck by the restaurant and check the bathrooms to make sure nobody was in the bathrooms or hurt in that area. That's all I had to do. So I was like, okay. So me and I grabbed Tim and I grab him and we run down the hall. Like I said, like a V8 commercial, all the lights are out. It's black. We open the door. We're reaching for our life jackets. We go up there and we look around and then we just pause and we're like, what the fuck? What's happening? What did we hit? You know, we couldn't see anything. And, you know, we had to just stay there. And, uh, and then finally they released us to everybody up to the top of the ship. And we were all at our lifeboat stations and all the lifeboats were down. We were waiting for the captain to declare whether we had to evacuate the ship or not. 
And it was all based on because the water was rushing in from the wattage room area. And the diver, who I thought just gave a snorkeling lesson, <laughs> it also had his duty. And his duty was to, he had to go down into the water or down into the thing. Because the electric door that was supposed to shut to block, to compartmentalize the ship, right. was shutting. So he has to go down there and manually do it. And so because of that, they were able to stop the water rushing into the rest of the ship. And stuff. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm very thankful you survived that. And after like a first traumatic contract and then a second very traumatic experience, <laughs> you went out for more. I did. But we kept doing the contracts. And so uh, it was really, really fun. We had to yeah. treat, uh, with the tap companies. And because I wasn't treated like I had been on my first contract, you know, we were now the specialty entertainment. Right. And that was really fun. And then after that, I got a job with. Okay which is the all gay cruises Yes, as a team member and a performer. And I did 50 over 50 cruises with them for over 50 gay cruises. Yes. That's a lot gay, of gay. homosexual. It's a That's lot of gay. A lot it's, of gay cruising, a lot of a gay lot men of gay. in one spot where you cannot leave. You cannot leave. And it's magic. Can you summarize what a gay cruise is for me? Like if you had to give it a little subtitle. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, you know, I know a lot of people think a lot of debauchery and drugs and sex and all that stuff. It's so unbelievably magical because there are so many people around the country and around the world that are trapped in situations where they can't be themselves. And they will then, you know, buy a ticket and they're scared to death and they go on this cruise. And for the first time, they could be amongst their people. They can be who they are on the inside and they don't have to hide it. And these are the stories I hear over and over and over again. Rips my heart out, you know, with joy that they're there, but it rips my heart out that they can't be who they are at home. I think that's by far one of the most beautiful things that you could have said here for this show for a lot of people don't know or understand gay culture in general and the how and the why, why pride parade, why do they have to be a fully gay cruise and this and that and the other. I, re I was recently at Stonewall. Uh, I went to uh, New York to visit and my buddy surprised me. We popped in there and had a non-alcoholic beverage, um, but looked at the wall and all those pictures in recognition that this was their option in safety for the first time, some, some of them in months to be around other gay people and have an opportunity to flirt, to say hi, to dance, to get a kiss, whatever it be. And for what you just expressed, like so many gay men from all over the world who it's just not literally safe for them to be who they are and have any expression of romantic love or friendship like they desire to go in a place where they can dance and be free and enjoy such a beautiful adventure while getting that at the same time is truly something magic I have to gather. Well, even, even somebody like me who is um, openly gay and I, I'm not going to hide it from anyone, you know, I still will go out and I'll kind of, you know, physically or whatever. And so when you go on this cruise ship for the first time in all of our lives that we get to be who we are 100% 24 hours a day for seven days in a row. And it's, to me, that's really, really cool. You know? Yeah. You haven't done one, you should just do one. I know. I, I've really been thinking about it uh, in, you know, launching this podcast and because uh, I did love research. Cruises. Research. Re this is all research purposes, folks. Yes. I did um, lesbian cruises okay. and they, you know, didn't have much need for a male cruise director, you know, in yeah. a way. So I just got to kick back and watch 
their adventures and how, and I found it beautiful as well yeah, to right? see that same kind of freedom. Yeah. I, I feel really sad that people uh, will look for the negative in it when there's so much positive. Right. I mean, the positive is just, it's, it's unbelievable. It changes lives. It changes right. people's lives and I've got to witness it. And I, I'm so grateful. Awesome. So describe a gay cruise for me. I think it's no different than anything else. It's just that it's, it's just a safe place for gay people to go and to be themselves. Yeah. Before we get into all the good, I want to address, like, like we said, it's a place of freedom and liberation. Is there any stories or any time that you've encountered uh, going to these ports of call with a fully gay? Oh, yes. There's, there's a couple cruises that when we went to Dominica, uh, our passengers were harassed. Uh, they went on some tours, like uh, inner tubes floating down this river and stuff. And um, people were in trucks and cars, uh, tormenting them, and they were scared to death. And we had troubles in Cayman Islands once where uh, just before we got there, the a religious radio guy said the homosexuals are coming and stuff. And so as soon as like everybody went off to their excursions, we were asked everybody to bring them back, bring them back immediately. As soon as we left the Cayman Islands, the mayor or the president, or I forget what his title is, he contacted the ship and Atlantis and just said, we are so incredibly sorry. This, we did not know this was happening. It happened on the radio. It happened at the last minute. Please, you are welcome back at any time. And every year after that, the Cayman Islands have been the most loving, wonderful place. Can I tell one quick little story? Yes, please. So when we, when we landed, when we were welcomed back, the, there was a little church that was like off from the port. Yeah, everybody had to go out this one entrance to the port and back into this one entrance. There was this little church and there was a tiny little protest. I mean, tiny, teeny tiny. And, uh, but not, no words were said. It was just some signs, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but all the stores and everybody and was lovely, just lovely. And I came back to the, you know, I went out shopping and stuff and I came back and there was one lady standing there and I'm going to probably cry. <laughs> She was standing there, hugging everyone and saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. And um, she was a local. And um, sorry. It's okay. Because <laughs> I, so I walk in and um, I stop and I'm watching her and I'm trying to figure out what is going on. Why is she doing this? And so I go back and ask her. And she said, she was also religious. And I'm not very religious. But she said, um, she said, God loves all of you. God loves all of you. Don't listen to them. She goes, I have to stay on this island. I have to live with them. She goes, but what they're doing is wrong. You know, so I want to make sure that um, I let you know that I love all of you and God loves all of his children. <laughs> That's really beautiful. What do you, I mean, and I said, I said, but you have to stay here. And she goes, yes, you know, they might be mean to me, but I don't care. I know I'm doing You're right. Get on board with us. Come I know. I know. We've got costumes to play. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, your story really reminds me of, um, a gay friend's mom that I know that she's just so compelled to be a part of this free mom and dad hugs at pride parades Oh yeah, yeah. where so many teens in particular, their families have ostracized them and kicked them out of their homes 
that yeah. fill a lot of the teen um, homeless population for that reason. And they just go to these pride parades and with the t-shirts on free dad hug, free mom hug and extend their arms. And so many people run up to them to receive love. They just haven't gotten from tribes and groups and people that are supposed to be in the name of love with everything they stand by. So that's really beautiful to hear. I think a lot of it too, is just that they have to physically see that we aren't the monsters and the, the crazy, insane, you know, people that, that, you know, these preachers and other people have made us out to be right. You know, they're like, Oh, they're bad. They're this, they're, you know, and they see us just when they finally see us, they're like, Oh, Oh, these look like like regular people. They're, these aren't yeah. just, normal people. we are people, you know? So yeah. I think, uh, I think that kind of changes things too. So it is important that we do go to these places. Absolutely. And I think what, what they miss is, I mean, you think an entire population of a, a gay cruise guests, how many professions are represented there? And people with licensing and insurance and, and roles that they fulfill all over the world. Every aspect of life um, is the LGBTQ community. You just get to see them currently dancing and celebrating and having a good time and being liberated in the moment. Where and Every time we go on, you know, we're on with the crew who is from, you know, all around the world. When we go on, they're like, oh, my God, this is our favorite cruise, you know, and they're so excited. And, yeah. You know, and they're from all different parts of the world. It's really cool. So tell me. What are your roles and responsibilities as a drag queen cruise director? Basically to make sure that the guests have a good time and to give them information and to create pool games, to introduce acts. You know, I'm lucky in the sense that when we charter a ship, I get to co-cruise direct. So I'm the cruise director for the charter. Right. And then uh, the ship will have their cruise director. So then I can be a little bit lazy and a little bit just more fabulous because he gets to do, or she gets to do all of the um, intense talks. Heavy lifting, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, all the heavy lifting. And I can just sit there and flourish and have a really good time. And Have you had mostly great encounters with uh, the cruise directors you co-op with? Well, I've only done one cruise as a cruise director. But I've done uh, over 50 cruises, like I said, as a team member. And I have to say, after I did my first cruise as cruise director, I <laughs> I called him. I was like, oh my God, I have such unbelievable respect for you because I have never been so tired in my life. Yes. And I'm the person that loves it. I love every minute of it. I don't ever want to escape people with questions or people with this. I've, I've always loved it. But wow, it is tough. Yeah. It, typically, the cruise director you know, contracts are, are much shorter because the, the demand is so constant and always being yeah. on. When you're acting as cruise director, when you did that, did you thus get to go up to the bridge and see uh, I the did. I did not get to go to the bridge. <laughs> I was not invited to the bridge. But also, we were in COVID. We were in COVID mode. Okay. Yeah, this was last January. I'm doing my next cruise February. So I'm the cruise director for Bakaya. And Bakaya has these wonderful land trips. And then they have these yachts that they do a lot of over the year, like, you know, maybe a couple, few hundred people. And I'm the cruise director for the large ships. So last year, because of COVID, we did one. And then this year, uh, we start picking up. And I'll be doing a lot more. Who stands out as guests that you've encountered? Because for me, it was just this um, beautiful roulette wheel of people that would land in my life out there. And every now and then you just get a winner that just sticks with you with um, their wisdom, where they're from, or their freedom, yeah. or their oddity. Do any guests stand out to you that you encountered or their stories shared with you or a couple 
there's so many. One of my favorite guests, though, is Bob Gar, and he is the man that worked right arm with Walt Disney, who created all of the animatronics, and he created It's a Small World. He created all of the way that the, they all move and stuff. Um, so he's Disney royalty. Very and cool. I did many cruises with him, and I had no idea. I just thought, this is the nicest guy. And he was like, back then he was in his 70s. Now he's 90-something, and he's still traveling, being the fabulous Walt Disney man. Um, I really liked him because he's so humble and sweet and yet changed the world, you know? Yeah. Who's one of the most wild guests you've ever met? It's the person in the center of the dance floor. (laughs) (laughs) Little tornado in the middle of the dance floor. Little tornado in the middle. It's like, oh, my God, do they have their clothes on? What's one of the wildest things you've seen while out there? Oh, under the umbrella of debauchery. That's pretty wild. You know, there's some kooky people, you know, there's kooky people that, you know, you're just like, how did you get here? And, you know, they have to be escorted off the ship because they're, they've done something weird or like crazy. Like what? Like, Oh, I don't want to say, do I want to say on this? Just like creepy, like weirdness. Disgusting. You know, like somebody, do I say this? Uh huh somebody off the ship because um he was in his room and he thought that the the light on in the tv you know tv on tv off the light he thought it was a camera and he thought he was being watched and spied on and we were like no and after just calming him down that that wasn't the case it was just the on and off you know we can remove the tv if you want um then pooped all over the walls and smeared poop all over the inside of the cabin wow I told you I should. Yeah, that, that took a twist. I took well, I didn't want to. I, I didn't expect that. <laughs> oh my god. And so that's there's just some weird people sometimes, you know, they just couldn't be out and Yeah. Out. It, yeah, there all should be like a, a few questions asked before we put you out yeah. on a, a ship with a bunch of people with no escape. And, and I think people think that like I had an elderly man once um crying, like crying because he couldn't get sex. And I'm like well, this is not a sex cruise. Right. It's just a cruise. You know, and he goes, well, I thought that I was going to get sex. And I'm like. Purchased with my ticket. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no. it's that's, you know, if you, if you hook up with somebody or do something, you know, you're an adult, you know, you can do what you want uh, privately in your own room. But uh, we, this is not a hookup thing situation. You know, we, we're not a, a sex agency, you know. Oh my God. I couldn't. He just wouldn't stop, and I had to deal with that. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, lots of lots of crazy stuff. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you know, same with so many walks of life. Of course, they're going to come on board and be out there. So, have you had any deaths? I did. Um, I, you know, the demographic of the ship that I was working was pretty much sixty-five to death. So it wasn't a surprise to get to a port of call and see once all the guests got off, see a, a little trolley going by taking them to off the ship or down to the um this is where they kept the flowers also <laughs> oh god and then you know a couple of lifelike situations but uh yeah for me i kind of saw a lot about what about you did you see any like heavy accidents or death stuff out there i i didn't see it but yeah it's it, it happens for sure like a man overboard oh yeah Oh yeah, we've had that. Oh, and once um, my very first contract as a ship dancer, we were in the Caribbean, and there was a there was a boat that was not powered anymore, and it was like a I don't know small boat, but it had like 
like 60 um, Haitian immigrants trying to get to America, but the boat had stopped working. So they were just at sea and a lot of them died. They were dead in the boat while there were others that were still alive. And the winds were really bad, like really bad. And the waves were. So the Coast Guard asked us to block the wind so that the Coast Guard could get in and try to rescue those people. I mean, that was crazy. We're all looking over the edge. Right. We've got our montage in hand and we're just like, what is yeah. going on over there? Oh, it was heart-wrenching. Just yeah. Heart-wrenching. And also once we, uh, we were pulled up next to our Queen Elizabeth and I saw her in the Bahamas. And her corgis? And her, on her, on the Britannica. Her wow. Ship. We, we were right next to it. And we watched her leave the ship, get into her car and leave. Like, and it wasn't far away. It was really close. It was so cool. You got to see the Queen of England I got to disembark. See I did. That did you wave? Uh, oh, we were we were cuckoos. We were waving like crazy people. That's uh, I can't imagine the roar of that ship watching. Oh yeah, it was so fun. Awesome. How about a port of call? You sound like you've been everywhere, like India, Africa. What is what's topped your charts as to like land adventures? Because so much good stuff happens on board, but when you get onto land and some of these cool places you go and experiences, what's some of the most fun you've ever had, or just magical spots you've landed? Where do you start? Where do you, you know, naturally the beaches, you know, beautiful beaches, like Bahamas really have really beautiful beaches. I love the Mediterranean, you know, that's such a hard question. I know. It's so hard. The one that I hated. Yes, please. Was um, we sailed into Germany and then you take a train into Berlin. And that train was like five hours each way. And I'm like, this is stupid. For a Why is call. this a thing? It shouldn't be a thing. I spent all day on a train. <laughs> I will never do that again. And I got served cold fish. I will fly into Berlin next time. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. What do you think people don't know about cruising? I find that most people are afraid of being trapped. Trapped on a ship for a week, you know. And I think that I think they don't know that it's basically a floating mall, you know, and it's like there's so much space and you know, they're afraid they're going to be claustrophobic. And that's not the case at all, at all. I mean, there's just never once did I ever have that feeling. Even when I was my first ship, when I was at the bottom of the ship, like below right. sea level, <laughs> you know, um, I th- that's the biggest thing that I'm constantly telling people. They're like, oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I'll freak out. And like, yeah. it will change your life. Yeah. Like, it's it's funny, like everybody I've talked to, even though if it's years ago, it's still stand out for a time in our lives where there's just something indescribable in that human experience that unless you do it, you don't know how to kind of relate it to its full extent of what you feel. Exactly. And exactly. you got theme music going in your heart and your head the whole time. Look at Yeah. Yeah. It's like drag. Tell me. Have you done drag? I have not yet. Oh well see. You judge it from the outside, but then you don't know what it's really like. Yeah. <laughs> what is it like in those stilettos? I'm coming to California. I'm putting you in drag. <laughs> Please do. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome here. I should you are. Eight and a half. Oh, those are tiny. I know. I got narrow little feet. They move quickly, though. Little lady. Let's not get it twisted here. Perfect. It's perfect, though. You have more um, more options. Yeah. I wear, I wear 12. You wear tw- uh, 12? 12. Wow. Yeah. I've always heard I got really nice legs, like lady legs, but then my, I've got my <laughs> shoulders. So I've got, I'm like a senator. 
<laughs> so funny. As you know, uh, this is called Confessions of a Drunken Cruise Director, and like a lot of you know, my sobriety stems from my struggles out there at sea. It was definitely in Vegas as well in my years there that I'm just like, you know what? Things are going rough here. I'll go get out to sea and make it better. Like, <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. Um, and I just became a hurricane out there. Um, and obviously that was my struggle and everything going on. But I was talking with another guest recently about how just for crew in particular, when you're actually staffed on a ship, it's just so available and ready there. Cause it's a like bubble type life and there's nothing else to do. What are we doing? Crew bar or go to this bar, that bar. And when you have an expectation of hosting guests and all that to, to pop into bars and mix and mingle back in the day, they used to have entertainment staff that were simply on board to dance with the guests or oh, yeah. entertain entertain the guests um no not in that way uh, yes really yes if 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 so be it that the to court to, in a way that yeah. never spoken i don't think in that regard but it was a a noted i um, want that job <laughs> well do you <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's some that's true, right? I guess you don't get always picked, right? Right. But um, I never got to see much drug use on the employed side of things, but yeah. always knew that like some good cocaine or Molly or things were rolling through with some of the guests yeah. and stuff. Did you witness any of that? With oh, the... yeah. Of course. Of course. I, never, I didn't witness it, you know, uh, doing it. Right. But you know when people are like, and I, I'm always thinking, how did they get that on board? Right. You know, you know and we've also been... Um, like we went to Puerto Rico once and they brought the dogs on board and people were taken off the ship. And yeah, there was what caused that some alert to the Puerto Rico that there was some um, drugs on board or something. Gotcha. I don't know. That's always what's so unique about that as well as maritime law and how different or lacking it is yeah. in compared to land laws. And sometimes anything can go out yeah. there. This isn't a drug story, but it is an interesting story. I like those. We were dancing a tea dance on the top of the ship. It's like, you know, 4.30, 5 o'clock. And all of a sudden, there was a strange announcement that interrupted the tea dance because we don't, announcements don't happen. during. What's a tea dance? A tea, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> back, back to the basics here. Um, in the gay community, <laughs> they love to do um, afternoon tea dances, usually on Sundays. And that that's so that you could get like a full weekend of, of drinks and stuff. It's, it's basically like a happy hour. Okay. Early drinks so that you can get to bed early and you can wake up and be functional at work on Monday. Okay. And so tea dance is a Sunday thing. And it's kind of like the queen's tea. Queen has tea every day at four o'clock. So it's a tea dance and it's, uh, it's very, 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 very popular in the gay community. So we would do them on the ships, but we did them daily, but usually tea dances are on Sundays. Anyway, so there's this announcement out of nowhere. Is there a urologist on board? And we're like, a urologist? What is this about? Well, it turns out that this boy, this 21-year-old boy, um, is on the ship. And he put on a steel cock ring. And then I don't know what, I think he did maybe some drugs or something. I don't know. But he, he got such a raging heart on. And the steel cock ring was really gripping and that he could not get the cock ring off. And he was in pain. I mean, so he goes down to the ship doctor. So the ship doctor's like, I don't know what to do with this. Ow. And I'm like, I do. Here's a line of, <laughs> here's a line of urologists that do. Right, exactly. We need well, to see some papers, knew. gentlemen. 
nobody knew, but of course there was a urologist on board. And so he goes down and he sees the situation. And I don't know, I just, I just find it so funny. So he had to, he asked the doctor if he had a amyl nitrate. And the, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh my God, you have a 21 year old with a raging heart on and a cock ring. And now you want poppers. <laughs> Um, but anyway, it turns out that he, he goes, the, uh, doctor did not have it. So he went to his room and he got some poppers <laughs> and he made the kid take poppers. And basically, as I understand it, it dispersed the blood away from Gotcha. Him. So poppers is like a, a sniffer thing that helps the vascular system relax. And yeah. okay. Yeah. So that did it. That did the trick of getting it loosened oh. up. Yeah. It's just such a visual story. That, did he learn his lesson or did he put it back on like on Wednesday? I don't know. <laughs> I think he's probably afraid of cock rings at this point. I, yeah, totally traumatized. Yeah. I don't know why I told you that story. You can edit that. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's a keeper. <laughs> Welcome to cock ring cruises. Yay. <laughs> By the snap-off kind. The snap-off kind. Seriously. Yeah. Good God. That's scary business. Yeah. Amazing. How much longer do you see yourself doing this? The thing about cruising is that I'm addicted. You know, I'm just lucky now I get to get paid to do it. When I first started, I was just a team member and I didn't get paid. I, but I got a free cruise, you know, and all I had to do is, you know, run around and have fun and be nice to people. It was so awesome. Um, and then I started getting paid as a performer. I know that when it ends, when it all ends, I know that I will still cruise as a passenger. You know, I know that I know it because as you know, and uh, probably so many of your listeners, that there's just nothing like being at sea. There's nothing like being at sea and seeing the ports of call. And, you know, and I've never done one as a passenger. I've never done one like with a group of friends or family or something. That would, I'd be really curious what that's like. It'd be fun, I think. Or would yeah. I be bored? <laughs> well, what's been nice is I've gone with my family and I love my family, but also, it, the ship is big enough that like, I'm going here, see you in a few hours or a couple of days, <laughs> like yeah. um, that you don't necessarily have to be next to them the entire time. There's yeah. so much to do on even aboard a smaller ship when you're out at sea. And then the same thing with the ports of call, you can go separate ways and come back at your evening dinner to always like recap what you see, what you do. Yeah. I'd love to do that. It still has that regal vibe about it, even though you can show up with cut off jean shorts and yeah. flip flops wherever to yeah. feel like you're experiencing something regal and old timey. Well, really. And we were sailing from uh, Cape town to uh, Brazil and we were laying out the dancers. And then we go to this indoor outdoor restaurant thing and we're sitting there and I'm sitting right where the, it ends like outside, inside and stuff. And I have a cap on. And one of the waiters walks over and he taps me on the shoulder and he says, um, one of our passengers would like you to remove your hat. And I said, why? Um, it's bothering her. And I says, but I'm outside. And he goes, well, you're kind of inside. And I'm like, I, I said, we're really having this conversation. Like we're all at the pool where it's pool, you know? And I look over at her and then she looks away and it felt very like, it felt very like old school Titanic. Like, you know, you're not wearing the right thing. And, uh, Oh, it was so shady and stuff. And I just stared her down the rest of the lunch. I took it off. And I was You're just like, I, I know who you are. I you see are. you, Dawson Bucator. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> the audacity. Audacity. Of a hat 
Indoor. That's a, yeah. Some some cruisers absolutely take formal night so seriously that yeah, they get decked out. Yeah. Which is other- fine. I mean yes. we don't do that on the gay cruises. We don't do uh formal nights because there are so many costumes that we bring that our luggage is already full and then to like have to put a tuxedo and hard shoes and we just take that part out of it. This you know. You can do it yourself, but what are some of the themes? There's a fun one that's uh, wear the color of a stop sign. And the stop sign is you wear green if you're completely available and ready for fun. You wear red if you are not available. Maybe you're married and you have a a monogamous relationship. You wear red. And then you can wear yellow if you're somewhere in between. Let's have a chat. We can discuss it, you know. Open for discussion. Open for discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of fun because, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of single people going out there who are like, man, where else could I potentially find a partner or love? And that's a good way to know who's single. That's fun. So I'll be wearing neon green. (laughs) <laughs> oh wait my partner's going never mind <laughs> and i'm just gonna be in blue of like would someone please help me talk help. to me help me figure it out oh and there's like white there's white parties white party is typically a, a giant gay celebration anywhere um in the world they're all over the world it's yeah. just like a, a themed out um giant dance party celebration right yeah, and everybody wears white and it's so beautiful to see a sea of white you know yeah and some people wear just like white caftans, and then some people wear like a white rubber band, you know? Now, so in the gay community, there's obviously a ton of diversity from the, the like the bears to the twinks and all these flavors of bars that are all over. The, does a, a gay cruise bring them all kind of harmoniously together to? Yes. And there's a really bad stereotype that the cruise is just twinks. It's just um, muscle guys. It's just this. But the main demographic of the cruises are uh, like 45 to 55 ish is the main demographic. Really? And then it, yes. Be, okay. well, cruises are expensive. You know, <laughs> I mean, most 20. Got that money. Many, most 20 year olds really can't afford it, you know? Right. Um, so then that's the main demographic and it skews a little bit, whether it's, you know, selling out of Florida or going down to Mexico, it can skew a little bit younger, 35 to 45, 45. Yeah. But, um, and then it spreads out from there. But on these cruises, you have people in their twenties, you have people in their eighties and then everyone in between. And I do, I think it's a beautiful way that all of the communities can come together. You know, Vakaya is, Vakaya crafts their, uh, their marketing to, to include everyone everyone of all the lgbtqia plus plus um everyone is welcome and that's i think that's really cool i think aya has done a really really good job saying that no this is not just for hunky men you know or no this is just not for men this is for everyone and it's really cool it's really cool they're trying to break through that barrier of, of of gay male crews female crews you know they're like no Let's all do it together. Yeah. You know? You're pitching me on a gay cruise and I'm almost Not falling gay. for it. <laughs> <laughs> you should do it. So my mom, so my mom did, my mom and dad are nudists. <laughs> this is a whole other podcast. What? They, yes. They, but, well, that isn't a, that's a podcast in and of itself titled no. mom and dad are nudists. <laughs> and they, um, after we all grew up, you know, my dad wanted to, you know, fly his flag. 
And um, my mom just kind of went along. But they ended up buying, there's a, the second oldest nudist retreat is in Oregon. And they got their little log cabin and it's a retreat. My mom and dad became the president, the vice president eventually. Um, anyway, so they do a nude cruise out of uh, New Orleans. There's a nude cruise. And my mom is curious. She's just curious. You know, she's watching me, all the, the crew and the captain and just how they're reacting to the guests and are they comfortable? Are they not comfortable? And my mom finally goes up. She's talking to the, one of the waitresses or the hosts. And she says, um, you know, so how is this for you? You know, this whole experience. She goes, oh, it's fine. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's just so different than our regular cruises. It's my second favorite cruise. And my mom's like, your second favorite cruise? She goes, oh, the gay cruises are the best. <laughs> so my mom calls me and she's like, God damn you. <laughs> your cruises are more fun than ours. Amazing. Yeah. I forgot that they did nude cruises. What yeah. an experience that is. Yeah. But they can't be nude at dinner time. I was just going to say, I prefer that not next to the Lido. Yeah. It has something to do with sitting on the chairs. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if the crew's like invited and available if like they want to get naked too, but how they, they'd have to have like a necklace name badge or something. I'll bet you anything that does not happen. There's but, no, we know how, we know how uptight these industries are. Totally. They would never let that happen. That'd yeah. be cool though. Yeah. That's a, a whole nother level of liberation. Of yeah. Just walking around your business. Not in our lifetimes. <laughs> no. Um, tell me about the time when, the gay cruise was disembarking and the Christian cruise was embarking. Oh yeah. Oh God. It's so funny because our cruise, you know, we come off and everybody's, you know, we've had a week together and everybody's in love and hugging and, you know, it's so passionate and stuff. And then you see the stuffy, stuffy Christian cruise charter, you know, they're all waiting and the way they're looking at us, like, you know, and it was so, I was laughing so hard because I kept thinking like, they're going to think that, that, <laughs> Can I say this? That that the boat is like covered in cum. <laughs> covered in sin. Sin, yeah. Sin is a better word, yes. Covered in sin. And that they're all of them Liquid are gonna sin. go sleep in those beds. Um, it was just so funny. Their faces were so hilarious. It's just like, what is leaving the ship now? So. <laughs> Sorry, you're not going to be able to air this podcast. Uh, we've got a lot of editing to do. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to let this freak flag fly. I love it. Good. Um, that's that's hilarity of all the variety that goes in and out of uh, one ship. And how well, the crew, and the crew was not. You're going from one extreme of pure joy, right. crazy insanity, fun, and now you're going to go to um, a cruise that's going to be very um, – I don't know what word I'm looking for, but it's going to be less fun, much less fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, went, I experienced a couple of Christian charters as well, and they can be a lot of fun. They, yeah. They can be, but definitely. I don't doubt it. I haven't experienced it, but they can imagine. Well, uh, do you have anything else burning on your heart that you're like, I want to tell this story? Oh, gosh. No, it's just as we chat, it's just they kind of all come back. There's so many. Yeah. I mean, there's so many when you spend that much time on a ship and that much time with wonderful people and just the things you experience and the things that you hear and the things that you see. And it's just like, it's, it's, oh my gosh, I feel so lucky. All of us. I just feel so lucky, you know? Yeah, I do. I feel really lucky. 
there would be times I'm at work and I'm running on the treadmill like to start my day. And it was at the front of the ship for one of these under the bridge. So it's just got that same kind of glass frontage vibe. And I'm just running on a treadmill in a gym, looking out at all these spouts of water coming, shooting up into the air in front of us from the whales that are yeah. swimming ahead oh, of us yeah. in front of these mountains. And it's just like, what is my life? It is badass. Yeah. You know, Cruz, I didn't like <laughs> was going up the Mississippi. Have you done that? No. What? I don't. It sounds brown. It's so brown. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds awful, actually. I, and I said the stupidest thing. I said, I said, what this what this water is so like brown. And they're like, that's why they call it the Muddy River. And I'm like, they do. <laughs> I'm from Oregon, you know. I'm like, rivers aren't brown. <laughs> rivers are beautiful. <laughs> rivers are yeah. I don't. What's going on? How did the fish see? How did the fish see? <laughs> but it was a, it was a little anticlimactic. For me, but um, but the history is really remarkable. Yeah, but uh, I did it on an old old paddle boat just re- in November. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. What do we need in life to enjoy the journey? Why do all interviews end in some really deep thing? That's like, what do we need in life? You can say cock ring. I don't. I mean, you can. I just did an interview, and we were having so much fun on stage, and then like last question. <laughs> And then some guy like says something, something really deep and serious. I'm like, seriously? Like, why does it have to end like this? Why can't we end with laughter and joy? And like, yeah. Well, yeah, it All can right. be. That means like in, in right. the metaphor of the journey of life, what, what do we need to have a good journey? Oh, it's, it's the most basic thing of all. Love and joy, happiness. It's what we all seek. It's what we seek every single day. It's what we seek in life. And, it's, and I'm lucky I have it all. You do. I do. And you really embody that, Edie. You are joy and life and love for the people around you in case you've missed that. It's the people around me. It's my friends. It's my partner. It's it's my house. It's my dogs. It's my one rat that's barely alive. (laughs) (laughs) Capybara. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing your time with me and your stories with uh, our listeners. It's been so good. It's been one of my favorite It's been uh, really fun. Thank you. Made me cry. Right. Yeah. And so I might be looking into a gay cruise, I guess. So <laughs> you might want to come out first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Oh. I'm out. I don't know if I'm gay cruise out, but oh. that's the thing is I'm like, I don't, gay bars are not my thing. I don't know if I want to go on a gay cruise for an entire week, but like, hearing but that's from, the like, thing. You don't have to, you don't have to go do the bar thing. You don't have to be at the bars. You don't have right. to get dances. You don't have to do any of that. They have incredible shows, incredible bands, theater every single night they have libraries you know they have all of these things yeah. that you, you don't have to do what everybody else is doing that's the beauty of these cruises yeah these, you know if you've got 14 levels and these you know they're three football fields long and you can go do your own thing and that's what is so cool you can sit on your own balcony and just go stare at the ocean mm-hmm that's what is so incredible. Sorry, you're trying to wrap this up. And here I no, am. keep going. Like, Wah! just send me a ticket then. Okay. Oh. I'll, uh, I want to come see uh, Edie in action. Well, if I'm buying you a ticket, you got to put out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing two bags. <laughs> two large, large bags. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, thank you so, so much. Tell Jamie I said hi. I sure will. 
And I, uh, when I come to Vegas, hope to pop in and say hi. Oh, you have. you have and to. And I do hope someday I'll uh, hop on a good cruise. And if I do, it'll be with you as the cruise director. Yes. February. VakayaVacation.com. Okay. Okay. No, yeah, Vakaya.com. Okay. Yeah. So quickly, where, where can listeners maybe find you and follow you? Um, you can follow me at all social medias. It's Edie Entertainer. E-D-I-E Entertainer. And uh, my Vakaya is the cruise in February. Come, 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 come. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We are going to some amazing ports. And that's what's also fun too, is that the, the cruises that we do um, are tailored for our guests. You know, we don't just get on the ship and do the same route that they've been doing for that season. We tailor our routes to um, our guests and it's really cool. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Wild Stories at Sea. If you have any crazy endeavors out on the big blue, email me at cruisedirectortyler at gmail.com. That's cruisedirectortyler at gmail.com. We would love to hear your stories either on board or from the crew bar. And that's it for this port of call. Join us as we sail on to the next wave of outlandish stories on Ship Faced, Confessions of a Drunken Cruise Director and Friends. A quick disclaimer, while this podcast is based on the experiences of me and my guests, certain details may have been modified, and for privacy purposes, names of any all parties may have been changed. The views and opinions expressed here are mine and my guests, and not that of any brand I may be affiliated with. Yes. Stop recording.